0: I'm Candace Long with Lessons in the Latter Days, offering biblical commentary to make sense of the times that we're living in. Today's episode is Follow the Money, Part 2, The Elite's Plan for a Global Financial Crisis. Now, if you did not listen to Part 1, I encourage you to do that first, because in it, I lay important groundwork on who some of the players are that you need to know about. These elite are a formidable enemy, but they are not stronger than God. The Lord can always interrupt their plans, but whether he chooses to or not is known only to him. That said, however, the Word of God is filled with insight that if we tap into it properly, God will give us instruction in how to navigate the mess that we're in today. This instruction is found in what's called the Mishpatim. This is the Hebrew word that is found throughout Scripture that means judgments. Mishpatim is the entire judiciary record of divine law. The recorded history of decrees and verdicts that God made over the course of almost 6,000 years caring for his people. So we would have record of it. So that when we go through similar things today, we would know how God is likely to act because of the way he acted back then. Why he allowed certain things. What he was teaching his people through oppression and hardship. What mistakes they made that brought about economic collapse? Why he allowed plagues and disease to come? What did the people do that opened the doors to those plagues? And could it have been avoided? All of this is contained in the Mishpatim, and that is what this program explores. My goal is to examine what we are going through now and the lessons we can learn from the Mishpatim to build our faith and help guide us through these times. We've been talking about the coming together of this final kingdom that the prophet Daniel said would be in power right before the day of the Lord. Today I want to share the plans that the elite has to entrap us financially. As I explained last time, Chaplain Lindsay Williams has known members of the global elite up close since the 1970s and reports that everything they ever said they were going to do has happened just as they had planned. In 50 years, the only time their plans were thwarted, concerned Donald Trump becoming President of the United States. Now, Williams had a lot to say about what their plans were once Trump got out of office, and that's now. We need to keep in mind that the elite are very patient and their plans are thorough. I learned a lot about this through the extensive intelligence research done by Dr. John Coleman, who was once part of the British intelligence community, and he understands the mind of the elite. He is a committed believer and has been outing their plans since the 1970s when he first exposed their secret manifesto called the Global 2000 Report. This report was commissioned by the Club of Rome, written by Cyrus Vance, after President Jimmy Carter accepted it as U.S. policy. This report has been the elite's playbook now for almost 50 years. I want to share part of it with you because it contains their plan to kill 2.5 billion people by 2030, involving some of the most powerful people in our government, backed by many of the most powerful families on earth. Now, as I have reported in earlier episodes, the bloodlines of these elite families are traced back to the descendants of the gods, the Nephilim that the prophet Daniel wrote about. These are not your average people. These are so-called illumined ones that today's heads of the world bow down to. According to Dr. Coleman, in 1970, former U.S. Secretary of Defense Robert McNamara was speaking to a group of the world's leading bankers, and he said the most critical problem of all is population growth. At the present trend, the world's population will not stabilize until about the year 2020, at a population of about 10 billion. What is interesting to me in this quote from 1970 is that 2020 was the target date set by the global 2000 planners to wipe out 2.5 billion people. McNamara continued by saying there are two possible ways in which a world of 10 billion people can be averted. Either the current birth rate must come down more quickly or the current death rates must go up. There is no other way, Unquote. Now, in this one statement alone, we see several things about the elite. Number one, they do not care about individuals. Their goal is to control and manage all of the earth's resources because they believe the earth belongs to them number two this attitude explains why they are so pro-abortion they do not want the infants in the womb to ever be born because it would increase population number three we see the underlying reason behind releasing a genetically engineered virus that from 2019 through 2021 has killed 5.6 million people worldwide. Number four, we see that figure still does not meet expectations of killing off 2.5 billion. So we would be wise to expect many other attempts to destroy us through whatever means they come up with. Now, this is when believers must take comfort in knowing that life and death are in God's power. Psalm 139 says, Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. That's a fetus. And in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Now, for those who give me grief for refusing the vaccine, I simply tell them I am not afraid of dying. No virus or anything else will take me before the Lord has called me home. Now, here is what Coleman describes as the Club of Rome's planned sequence of events, which they refer to as three of the horsemen of the apocalypse. Number one, economic crisis number two, famine, and number three, disease. One technology the elite has used a long time bears mention here because of the recent rollout of the 5G technology. Dr. Coleman wrote about it in reference to the mysterious outbreak of Ebola fever in 1976. He wrote, Those in Zaire who are in a position to know told me ebola simply came from nowhere the theory is that ebola was unleashed in zaire by being transmitted in other words the disease itself was transmitted through enfolded scalar waves to areas where the first outbreaks occurred Now, this technique was developed by Russian biological warfare specialists as far back as 1960. Now, from my layman's understanding of it, the technology exists today to take a disease and enfold it or wrap around it scalar waves, which are audio waves with a frequency below the ability to hear it, and then transmit that disease into whatever direction they want it to go. And the area then becomes saturated with, in this case, Ebola fever. And the unfortunate people who lived in Zaire at the time never saw it coming, because these waves can penetrate any solid object, and they hit people from all sides, totally undetected. Many years ago, I was doing research on this technology for a screenplay that I was writing. And I became privy to U.S. classified documents that showed the locations of transmission towers capable of doing just what I'm talking about. And they were scattered about in remote areas all over our country. So I am convinced that it is possible this technology is being used now to spread new strains of viruses. Coleman also wrote that sound waves transmitted at extremely low frequencies, and these are called ELF transmissions, were responsible for the seven year drought in Ethiopia, as well as the six year drought that hit California in 1987. Again, what I'm saying is the elite has been experimenting with these type sound waves for decades, practicing. How to Bring About Destruction. I mention this because we are seeing evidence now of weather manipulations, which I believe is their attempt to destroy crops, which would bring about famine, which in turn would lead to malnutrition and vulnerability to disease. All of this is the work of the elite. It is a familiar pattern in their playbook. We need to take note of it. One way to counter this is to build up our immune systems and put plans in place to care for our families if food shortages should occur. Spiritually, we need to pray Psalm 91 over ourselves and our families every day. Personally, for months now, I've been searching out the Mishpatim in Scripture, looking for how and why God decided for or against a nation. I looked at what was going on in Israel during the time when Assyria, and then Babylon, and then Rome, set out to invade Israel, to conquer God's people, and ultimately destroy the temple. It's this same picture, or tavnit, of the way things happened then that will occur again just that way in the day of the Lord. Now, how close we are to that and what God's people lived through right before God gave their country over, that's what I'm examining. That's what this program is about, locating the signposts that can help us now. Now, if you want to do your own search, let me give you three words to biblically research because these words identify the three phases of an enemy takeover. First is siege. That word means mounting up of enemy forces, actively coming against a target. The second phase is the breach. These are the specific areas where the enemy is allowed to break through and succeed in their fight. The final phase was the devastation itself. In Israel's case, the end goal was the destruction of the entire religious foundation represented by the Holy Temple. Now, I'm going to be as straightforward as I know how. We are in the enemy's crosshairs. The siege is happening daily. And there are signs that I see that it is succeeding. I see that in the sheer number of breaches The borders around our country are not holding. The borders protecting our corporate and governmental secrets are routinely breached by cyber attacks. And the borders around our cellular walls are invaded by virus, whether you've been vaccinated or not. The Mishpatim have been speaking to me about this. The reason God appears to be no longer on the watch protecting our borders is 100% related to the fact that we failed to be a border guard around those things that are precious to Him. God is allowing all this. Make no mistake about it. We have sinned. We are not walking humbly with our God and now it looks like he may be going after our money to finally get our attention. The other day, I was reviewing James Rickards' book, The Road to Ruin, the global elite's secret plan for the next financial crisis. Here's what he writes. Before cattle are led to the slaughter, they are herded into pens so that they can be easily controlled, Let me share two of the pins that the elite are herding us into. Number one is a cashless society. The elite have a step-by-step guide to eliminate cash entirely. They want us to be herded into digital accounts at a small number of megabanks which they control. The four largest ones are Citibank, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. Very simply, we, the masses, are being led to where they can control us better. And number two is the push to accumulate more debt. The reality is that the catastrophic debt bubble is about to explode. The trigger will likely be derivative investments. Now, a derivative is a secondary security whose value is based only on the value of what it's linked to. Now, you may be familiar with the terms of buying and selling options and futures contracts. These are derivatives, and almost all of stock trading today is in the form of derivatives. Now, the danger is what happens when the underlying security loses value in a financial crisis the whole house of cards can come crashing down. Let's say you put your money in a fund that buys and sells options and futures in a company that you think is solid. Suddenly there is a financial crisis and that company cannot pay its debts and goes under. Your money is in a derivative. You have no ability to liquidate it. This is what happened back in April of 2021 when a hedge fund named Archegos lost $30 billion. Now, in the world of finance, this was catastrophic because many experts believe this is only the tip of the iceberg and represent what could easily happen to the 1.5 plus quadrillion derivatives market. That's right, I said quadrillions. Warren Buffett refers to derivatives as the financial weapons of mass destruction. You need to make sure that your investments are solid and straightforward ones and not through funds that trade in derivatives. The elite will know when to pull the plug on the derivatives market. Make no mistake about that. The plan is to pull out of the market just in time, leaving the rest of the world to get wiped out. Now, they are waiting for some external event to trigger a chain reaction, such as activating a digital virus that's been planted into the stock exchange operating systems. This could easily trigger a derivatives implosion. And what will follow is a carefully orchestrated chain reaction of five stages. Number one, first they plan to freeze all assets in place. Now this will appear small at first. You'll try to get money out of a machine and you can't. Your credit card will suddenly be denied in a restaurant. You call the bank and get a pre-recorded message from a government agency you don't recognize. The panic will spread to the food supply chain and gas stations. Prices will go wild. Social security checks can't be cashed. Investments will be hard to sell. The derivatives implosion will topple our entire credit system, and every service that we have come to depend on will shut down. You need to know that legislation is already in place giving governments the ability to do all this. You see, the snare has been set. Freezing all assets will let them buy time and use the elite controlled media to, quote, restore calm and minimize riots and runs on the bank. All the while, elites will be working behind the scenes to carry out. The larger plan. Number two, the G20 will convene an emergency meeting and direct the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, to reliquify or put money back into the financial system using SDRs, which is a digital currency created and managed by the IMF. Now, this is where things will get difficult, because the people, we, will not want digital currency. The people will demand their money back, and that's when the money riots could begin. The government response will likely be confiscation and force. Governing elites will be safe in their hollowed-out mountain command centers, and private elites will fend for themselves in their armed fortresses. And the everyday people, like you and me, will be terrified and caught off guard. Number three. If the reorganization is successful, the banks and the brokers will gradually reopen, and customers will be allowed access to their cash. Number four. Everyday transactions will still be in dollars, euros, pounds, yen, and China's yuan. But behind this curtain of supposedly getting things back to normal, the world will shift. The SDR, and not the dollar, will become the world currency. And the SDR will be the new reference point for world trade. And number five, all currencies like the dollar Will still exist, but their value will now be pegged to SDRs by the G20 and valued according to whatever they and the IMF says they are worth. This is what the elite is planning. In closing, let me suggest three final things that you can do to protect your family in this eventuality. Number one, make every effort to eliminate any debts that you have. The more debt you have, the more vulnerable you are in a crisis. Number two, keep watch and take note of the unfolding of any of the plans that I've mentioned here. Number three, set aside cash a little at a time and store it in a non-bank vault. Number four, consider converting a percentage of your financial holdings into physical gold or silver. Financial advisors generally recommend having 10% of your investable funds in metals. This is insurance, because if and when the derivatives market does explode, the value of gold and silver will go through the roof. It's time to get our physical and spiritual houses in order pay off the credit cards, learn to live within our means, and be content and give thanks for what we do have. This is also a time to decide whether or not to relocate to a more self-sustaining area away from major cities. Many believers have said to me, I don't believe God would have had me praying so much for our country only to have me go through what you're talking about. Now, I do not doubt that God can remove a financial crisis from us, but the real question to me is, will he? Has the time come when he's had enough? Have we entered into the final descent pattern toward the day of the Lord and the time for life as usual is no longer a possibility? We each have our opinions on this, but one thing we all share we are called to be stewards of everything we have been given, and to do that until He comes. I want to thank you for listening. You'll find this episode and all of the resources that I mention on my podcast page at CandiceLong.com. When you visit my website, go to the Resources tab, and you'll find my online store. Now, for the last several years, I've been researching and writing monographs to help prepare you for these times. Our needs are always before the Father. He promised never to leave or forsake us. But we are called to follow Jesus' example. When the world he knew became oppressive to the point of killing him, the joy of what awaited him in the kingdom helped him endure. We may be in a similar transition now because the world that we've known and loved seems to be coming to an end. If so, this is God's doing to give us a longing to be with him in the kingdom. I hope you will join me again next time for lessons in the latter days. God bless.